So I'm not going to lie. You know what I am? I am now just really confused as to what the college football playoff committee is thinking. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We appreciate you joining us each and every week on the show. And guys, before we get it rolling, please leave me that rating, review, subscribe. It does help tremendously in continuing to grow and build the podcast, and that is because of you. We've had hundreds of thousands of listeners this season alone, and that's because of you taking 60 seconds of your time to leave a rating and a review. And I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return if you send that rating and review a screenshot of it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Let's get back to it. So in the latest college football playoff rankings, did you see what happened here? Did you see what they ended up doing? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great night for the big 12 in some respects, and then not such a good night for the big 12 in other respects. The big 12 right now has half of the conference ranked in the top 25. I mean, that that is an awesome stat. Kudos to the conference. It's got a ton of depth and it's a very exciting, uh, final three weeks shaping up for the big 12. You've got OU at 10. You've got Baylor at 13. You have Texas at 19, Oklahoma State at 22, and K-State at uh, 24 in this week's college football playoff rankings polls. So, I mean, only the SEC can say, hey, half of our conference is ranked. That's pretty damn impressive. But then you look at the fact that OU beat an Iowa State team that when you look at the analytics is easily a top 25 team. I mean, they just are. I know that OU's defense didn't look good, Throughout the second half, I understand that. And the defense, it appears, has taken a step back. But they did win the game, correct, against a very good team. Meantime, let's talk about the Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears play at TCU and go to triple overtime to beat the Horn Frogs. A TCU team that, no, is not having an outstanding year. They're not. But here's the thing about the Horn Frogs. They have played incredibly close games against some of the best teams in this conference. At K-State, lose by seven. At Oklahoma State, lose by seven. Against Baylor, triple overtime. Beat Texas, who's now ranked inside the top 20. I, you know, they have played pretty good football throughout the season. Now, it hasn't shown up in the win-loss column. They're four and five overall. They're two and four in conference play. But if you watch this team in this conference week in, week out, TCU is not a slouch. All right? And by the way, it's arguably, I think it is, Baylor's biggest rival. I mean, that Baylor-TCU rivalry is outstanding, and I think both those teams, whether they like it or not, they might want to say Texas, but the biggest rivalry that those two teams have are each other. So a rivalry game on the road, you come out with a win. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's what you're supposed to do. I know it hasn't always been sexy, but they're getting the job done, right? They still move down. Texas back in the top 25, getting healthy again. Uh, a good win at home over a top 20 Kansas State team. Cool with that. And then, of course, you go down to Oklahoma State off a of bye week and K-State falling eight spots, I believe it was, to number 24. No issues there. Well-deserving. It's kind of amazing to me that Iowa State doesn't deserve to be ranked necessarily. I mean, I think they passed the eye test and I believe that they also, not just the eye test, but the analytics test, when you talk about yards per play on both sides of the ball, uh, they pass all those, but they just they aren't winning the close games. And at some point, that's got to hurt you. I think Iowa State can compete with most of the top 25 on any given Saturday, but they're not winning the close games. And in the end, you got to win some of those. 
You know, I mean, Iowa State fans sitting there and saying, well, you know, we've got all these losses by one, two, three, seven points. Well, that's great, but they're still losses. So while I think Iowa State, uh, from a standpoint of who they can compete with, is a top 25 team, I just can't justify it, right? I can't, I can't have a double standard here for the Big 12 and the rest of the country. Now let's look at the rest of the country and let's look at this college football playoff that saw LSU ranked number one in this most recent poll. No problems there at all. Ohio State number two. Clemson number three. Georgia four. And Alabama five. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with Alabama at number five? What's Alabama's best win? On the road against another mediocre Texas A&M team that Big 12 fans could tell you about till the Crows come home? Are you kidding me? That's your best win? Great. You smacked around Arkansas. It was terrible. You beat up Tennessee. You crushed Ole Miss. Way to go, Alabama. Wow, you guys. I mean, outside of the fact that there's Alabama uh, on the front of the jersey, which there technically isn't because they don't put Alabama on the front of the jersey. Outside of that, I mean, what does this team have? What has this team done this year? They don't even have a great non-conference win. They played Duke in the non-conference. Are you kidding me with Alabama in the number five spot? Because all I've heard about is how, well, the committee clearly is valuing good wins over tough losses. Really? I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that at all. You know why I'm not seeing that? Because how about Baylor? who beat two teams right now ranked in the top 25, right? I mean, they've beaten Oklahoma State on the road pretty convincingly. They beat Kansas State on the road pretty convincingly. They're tied for the second most top 25 wins, and they're ranked below a couple of two-loss teams. So tell me how that works. If you're a Baylor fan, you're scratching your head. And you're like, wait, I keep hearing about how the committee is valuing good wins over losses, and I'm just not seeing that. There's nothing, nothing at all that I'm seeing that leads me to believe, based on how the Big 12 teams are being treated, that good wins are being valued over tough losses. You know what this looks like to me? I mean, if I was being totally unbiased, if they were doing good wins over tough losses, then Minnesota should be in the top four. I mean, they they just beat Penn State, who was ranked inside the top four. Right, I would go some combination of LSU, Ohio State. Uh, you could throw Minnesota in there, and then if you want to do Oregon, you know, be my guest. I guess if you want to go down that road. But goodness gracious, I mean, I'm just I'm not seeing that uh, coming out of the committee here. I'm not. If anything, it looks to me like if you have what is uh, appears to be a good loss, you somehow get credit for that. Like Florida loses to LSU. And loses to Georgia. Now they've beaten Auburn, which is a good win. But outside of that, like, what have they done? They crushed Vanderbilt. They crushed South Carolina. They crushed uh, Tennessee. Congratulations. You beat Kentucky by eight points. I mean, you want to pat on the back for that? It seems to me like if you're in the SEC, you're getting credit for having two losses. And I don't understand uh, why that makes an ounce of sense, to be totally honest. I, I don't get how you have... Auburn ranked ahead of Baylor, and Florida ranked ahead of Baylor. Now, here's the deal, and and we got to realize that these are not polls that we need to look at right now and say if the season ends, where's this going to be? 
Baylor's playing Oklahoma and Texas these next couple of weeks before wrapping up the season at Kansas and then, you know, maybe playing an OU again in the Big 12 title game. That's three ranked teams Baylor's going to play in the next four weeks on top of the two top 25 wins they have right now. How you could leave an undefeated Baylor team out of this deal with potentially three ranked wins in the next four weeks, I have no idea how you could do that. You know, I, I just don't. Especially when, especially when Clemson is likely going to go the entire season without a top 25 win. I mean, that's just true. Clemson, who has played one ranked team this year, Texas A&M, by the way, when the Aggies were, as always, overrated in the preseason at number 12, they won that game 24 to 10. They are going to go the entire year without a ranked win. The ACC is terrible. At Syracuse, at UNC, Florida State, Louisville, BC, Walford, NC State. I mean, that's what the schedules looked like the last several weeks. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. They close out the season against Wake Forest, who is their closest competitor in the uh, Atlantic Division. And then they've got South Carolina. And then they'll probably play uh, Virginia in the ACC championship game. And what do we say about the AAC? What do we say about, you know, the non-Power Fives? Oh, well, the strength of schedule. Oh, well, if you put a Power Five team in those conferences, uh, they'd roll right through the schedule as well. Well, the ACC is a joke right now. Why Clemson is getting so much love, I don't understand. I don't understand for the life of me. I know they're 10-0, but Baylor has played a tougher schedule. Now, I know the non-conference for Baylor was a joke, and I thought this might come back to bite them. I, I did not see Baylor sitting here at 9-0, though. I didn't think we'd be talking Baylor and college football playoff in the middle of November, but here we are. But when you look at the advanced uh, metrics here for strength of schedule, I mean, Baylor and Clemson are right near each other in the 40 to 45 range in strength of schedule. So how is Clemson third in the country and Baylor sitting down there at number 13? It just doesn't make any sense to me. But here's the deal. You know, I mentioned Baylor. If they went out there in, obviously, OU is in a good place as well because the Sooners likely to have three ranked games in their final four as well. They've got at Baylor this weekend, home to TCU, at Oklahoma State, and uh, then a Big 12 championship game. So at Baylor and at Oklahoma State, two ranked teams on the road, that is going to be impressive if they can get both those victories. But for OU, it seems like the committee wants to see if this team can start playing some defense again. John Michael Terry is a guy that they've missed uh, the last couple of weeks especially in setting the edge and stopping the run. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on as you're evaluating this team. But, you know, if OU finds itself in a position to win out, you know, one loss at Kansas State, who's a top 25 team by a touchdown, uh, you know, that's pretty good. That is a pretty damn good resume. And this whole idea right now of three SEC teams in the top five it drives me bonkers because it just is a trend to me that I'm seeing. And it's like the committee's doing everything it can to possibly get itself a second SEC team in there. Alabama, take away the name. Take away the coach. The schedule is a joke. The schedule is a joke. And if they are a one-loss non-conference champion, they'll have Mississippi State, then they've got their joke game against uh, Western Carolina and then at Auburn. If they win out, congratulations. 
they'll probably have one top 25 win, which would be Auburn. You're really going to put them in because of some eye test that a bunch of SEC fanboys believe in? Are you kidding me? If that's the case, don't play the games. Just say, hey, Clemson, by the way, Clemson recruits really well. Dabo's recruiting top uh, five classes every year. They play nobody, but you know what? We think they're good because they have a bunch of guys with big muscles. I mean, why not just do it? Oh, and guys that 247 Sports and uh, Rivals told me were five-star guys, so they must be really good at like playing the game and scheming and all those kind of things. Like, why bother? Why bother playing the game? Just start the playoffs, right? Just Forget the whole season. Start the playoffs Labor Day. Season's over by uh, end of September, and we can all watch the NFL. Just do it that way because that's how it feels like sometimes the committee does this. Uh, But good for the Big 12. You got five teams ranked, but how they're playing this at the top is is driving me, frankly, pretty nuts. College game day is coming to Waco this weekend. Also, is expansion worthy of discussion here? in the wake of how the college football playoff rankings are shaking out. Expansion for the Big 12, not college football playoff expansion. We'll get to it next. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo, and our friends at mybookie.ag have become great partners of Heartland College Sports, and uh, during Thanksgiving week, they've got a great risk-free, literally risk-free offer for the Bears-Lions game. You choose a team against the spread up to $250, and if you win, congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. But if you lose, congratulations, my bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. And it doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie.ag welcomes all levels of players, and they've got a great customer service team that will take you through the process and make sure that you are taken care of. So just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free Bears-Lions bet. Let me repeat that. Guaranteed deposit match, risk-free bet, Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train. Get in on the action with mybookie.ag. Promo code BIG12, BIG12. You play, you win. You get paid. So I had a listener and a reader email me something very interesting um, proposing why Big 12 expansion is something that should be considered. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So you can always uh, reach me on email. It's uh, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So he says to me, uh, The Big 12 is really good this year, but we have to add four teams and make divisions. We could have six ranked teams that all have two losses or less, but instead, because they all play each other, it could potentially hurt them in the rankings. Iowa State, for example, has played one of the stupidest schedules in the country, and it isn't even letting up. And stupid, that's a compliment for those of you that might be uh, out of a different generation. He is saying stupid in terms of really good, and uh, for the Iowa State schedule. And he's right about that. He's absolutely right about that. But here's the thing. I'm not expanding the Big 12 right now. I'm not doing it. I like the round robin. And by the way, I know the Big 12 does, you know, pump itself up and say, by the way, one true champion, round robin, one versus two. 
in the conference title game. Um, and it's worked out well for them the last couple of years, right? Like if the Big 12 had divisions and OU didn't have a quality ranked win the last couple of years in the Big 12 championship game, who knows if they make the college football playoff when they beat TCU and then they beat um, Texas last year. That is up for debate. But the reason I like the round robin and the reason I like one versus two as a result in the Big 12 championship game is because it is the toughest way to decide a conference champion and, frankly, the best way to decide a conference champion. This is not like the SEC or the Big 10 when, you know, you get to beat up on the bottom of your own division and hopefully, if you're lucky, you don't have a tough crossover schedule in the other division, right? Like that's what you cross your fingers for. And then that's your chance. That's your year to make a good run to a college football playoff or a big time bowl game or something like that. It's ridiculous. It's a scam. And if the big 12 was doing a better job marketing, I think it does a good job marketing this. Like they always, if you go to the big 12 media days um, during the summer, which we go to the whole Heartland college sports staff is at in July every year, They do say, you know, round robin, one true champion, yada, yada, yada. They do all that. But, like, has anybody heard anything lately out of the Big 12 reminding the country? Like, I'll do it. I'm a Big 12 guy. I'll do it. We've got a very popular radio show and podcast here that we do that, um, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of people uh, have listened to this season already. Hundreds of thousands have listened to it this season already. But... Man, we can't do it all. Like, I'm only one guy. I can't do it all here for the Big 12. If you want to hire me as a marketing consultant, you can email me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. I do this. I got my own radio show in Kansas City. But, hey, anything for the Big 12, I'm just here to help. I would be having my coaches talk about this in press conferences. If I'm Lincoln Riley, after the game, I'm getting interviewed on the field. And, you know, whether it's Holly Rowe or whoever – and they'll say to you, hey, what do you think about OU? And, and you know, where are you guys stack up right now after this win over Iowa State in the college football playoff? If I'm Lincoln Riley, boom, that's my chance right there. And I'm telling the country on Fox at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, after hanging on for dear life against a very good Iowa State team. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this conference is a juggernaut. We've got five teams in the top 25. You can argue we could have more. And not only that, but we're playing true round robins and we're one versus two in the Big 12 championship game. Who else is doing that, Holly, in the uh, in college football? The answer is nobody. All right? The answer is nobody. So if I'm the Big 12, that's what I'm doing. I'm changing my marketing schedule. I'm not going down the road of the SEC and the Big 10, becoming 14 teams, and then having all these you know jokes at the bottom of the conference. Right? Like, I, I, I don't have any interest in doing that. I don't want Arkansas. I don't want Vanderbilt. Sorry, I don't. I don't want Ole Miss. I have no interest in having anything to do with teams like that in the conference. Even, you know, Kansas is playing better this year. They're not a rollover. I don't want Northwestern. I don't want Rutgers. Maryland. I don't want those teams. I want no part of them. ACC, joke of an ACC. You can say it about the whole damn conference, but I don't want Syracuse or Duke, Georgia Tech. You can have them. I don't want them. I want a quality conference top to bottom where every week is exciting, every week has reason to watch, 
and there's not a game and there's not a program right now that you're going to say is, you know, not at least on the upswing. Kansas on the upswing. West Virginia's having a rough year. Talked about Neil Brown many times, but man, I'm telling you what, Neil Brown and I have full confidence in this. I have more confidence in Neil Brown turning around West Virginia than I do Matt Wells getting Texas Tech back on track or Les Miles. And Les Miles, as I said, is on the upswing. But out of those three coaches with those programs, who do I have the most confidence in right now, even though their season is arguably going as poorly as any? It's Neil Brown. It's West Virginia. It's Morgantown. It's all of that. And this is a West Virginia team that has hung in there for a couple of games but also has gotten blown out at times. But this conference is a juggernaut. And the coaches, like Gary Patterson, I think is the best coach in the league. And he's sitting there at 2-4 and four in conference play and 4-5 and five overall. Think about that. Think about that. And Chris Kleiman's given a, a, a total shot in the arm to this conference. you got young guys who are going to be tied to jobs all over the country this year at the NFL and college levels in Matt Campbell and Matt Rule. I mean, it's, it's crazy good. Crazy good. And it's fun as heck to watch. So I'm not diluting my product to try to chase the SEC and the Big Ten in their own game. If the Big 12 markets itself better and does a good job of that, they'll be just fine. And in the end, I think that this product, I think that this style, this round robin, this one versus two, is going to be something that other conferences are going to emulate. Because here's what's going to happen. At some point, a Big 12 team, I'm not saying it's this year, but at some point, a Big 12 team is going to go in a championship weekend, you know, head-to-head with, let's say, an SEC or a Big 10 team. And the SEC or, let's say, ACC or Big 10 team. And that ACC team or that Big Ten team is going to also win its conference uh, championship game. But it's going to be over an unranked opponent. Like, let's say, Clemson against, you know, whoever, Virginia. And then OU is going to have a win over a top 15 Baylor team or a top 15 Texas team. And they're going to get in. And the Big Ten or the ACC is going to bitch about it. And it's going to be like, guys, they're doing one versus two. Get on board. There's already been rumors that other conferences want to do it. But do it already, all right? Do it already. Put your money where your mouth is and follow the Big 12 model. It's a great model. Don't screw with it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, let's go ahead and preview Week 12 in the Big 12. That's next. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, it's that time of the week. Let's dive into it. Our Week 12 picks in the Big 12 Conference. My goodness gracious, where is it all going? I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys joining us and uh, being a part of the show. So let's start this one off with Texas Tech at home against uh, TCU. So Texas Tech's defense has been pretty good this season, actually, and especially against the run. They're middle of the pack in the uh, Big 12. They rank sixth against the run this season and eighth against the pass. So if anything, if you want to beat Texas Tech, you got to do it through the air. Now, here's the problem. Uh, TCU is not a team that wants to or really can this season get the ball downfield and had a lot of success through the air. It's just not their forte. They'd rather use the running game, you know, with a true freshman quarterback in Max Duggan, who's still working through that uh, inaugural season. But you saw last week, West Virginia, another team that had no luck, 
getting the ball downfield through the air against Texas Tech, even though that pass defense is uh, is dicey at times. But that's not how those teams are built. So for TCU, you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, we have the least efficient pass offense in the Big 12, which they do. So they really aren't built to take advantage of this Texas Tech uh, weakness on that side of the ball. They're not. Now, in the turnover margin department also, uh, Tech is right now first in the Big 12, plus nine in turnover margin in the conference this year. TCU is minus five. That's good for eighth in the conference. On top of that, Texas Tech right now is uh, second in red zone defense in the Big 12 as well. So that can play a major factor in close games. And TCU, three and six against the spread this season. So you've got Texas Tech as a home dog, Give me the Red Raiders plus the three points in this game at home against the Horn Frogs on Saturday morning. I just there there's too much that adds up to Tech, especially being home as a dog in this game that I like uh, to not just cover the spread but pull out the win outright. Kansas at Oklahoma State. Uh, so here's the deal: KU's playing better, right? Brent Deerman at offensive coordinator is helping this team get that side of the ball on track. I know that the Sunflower Showdown was not a good performance, but they were coming off the win against Tech, riding high. K-State was on a mission in that game, and they also have one of the top defenses in the Big 12. Oklahoma State has played much better football, but they do not have one of the top defenses in the uh, Big 12. They just don't. So neither team right now gets to the quarterback. That's a good thing for Kansas in terms of putting up points. And for Carter Stanley, getting this offense back to where it was in the previous couple of games against Texas Tech and Texas. Now, if you look at this as well, Kansas is giving up fewer passing yards per game than Oklahoma State. That tells me KU may be able to get the ball downfield a little bit, which they could not do against K-State's top-ranked pass defense. Also, I want to factor in the less miles, uh, the less miles part of the equation here. Les Miles going up against his old team, right? You're telling me that's not a little extra motivation for him, a little extra motivation for his guys? I don't think Kansas wins this game. But the spread is really big. I mean, Oklahoma State is such a seesaw team, right? They win when they're supposed to lose, and they lose when they're supposed to win. I think Oklahoma State wins this game. That's not a doubt in my mind. They're playing really good football these last couple of weeks. But they're 7-2 and two against the spread this year. I feel like Vegas is putting a little too much stock into Oklahoma State in this game, especially when KU's been playing much better. So give me the Jayhawks plus 18 points. That's three scores in this game. They've had a couple of weeks to prepare. Both teams coming off a bye, well-rested. Give me KU plus the 18 at Oklahoma State, but the Cowboys with the outright win. All right, K-State taking on West Virginia at home. Um First off, it looks like James Gilbert might play at running back for K-State. He's listed on the top of the uh, depth chart. That's a good thing. They need him back in that backfield. And K-State wants to run the ball. We know that. Uh, They've got the fourth-ranked rushing offense, 200 yards per game on the ground, going up against the ninth-ranked rushing defense in West Virginia. That's a good matchup right off the bat. On top of that, you have Kansas State, um, who is vulnerable against the run, actually. The defense has been outstanding. Top passing defense um, in the conference, but... They've been vulnerable at times against the run, ranking eighth in the Big 12. But here's the problem. West Virginia has zero running game. They have no semblance of a running game. Mountaineers are averaging 2.7 yards per carry on the ground. They're averaging 76 rushing yards per game, which is dead last in the Big 12 by half. KU is ninth in the conference at 150 rushing yards per game. 
West Virginia is 10th at half of that at 76. I mean, it's embarrassing how bad the run game has been for the Mountaineers. So you've got a West Virginia team that really can't get the run game going against a K-State team that loves to run the ball going up against a bad rush de- uh, rush defense. And then you got to factor in, I don't know what West Virginia is doing at quarterback, but whatever the options are, it's, it's going to be tough sledding. Because you've got the top pass defense in the conference in Kansas State. And you know what? Whether it's Austin Kendall or Jarrett Dagey, who looked better, but he was in mop-up duty last week for the Mountaineers against Texas Tech, you could see both guys. Uh, I think Neil Brown is in 2020 mode right now, which, frankly, he should be. He should be thinking about next season. So I don't know if both guys are going to play a little bit. We're not sure what is going to take place. But the Mountaineers have had a rough season. They're 3-6 and six against the spread this year, which is obviously not a good number. And I don't see how they get it done. So give me a K-State minus the 14 points at home against West Virginia. Texas at Iowa State. Let's take a look at that game here. Um, Texas is a 6.5-point underdog in this game. They've got a Big 12 championship on the line still. They're in contention for that. They got a win last week that they desperately needed. They are getting healthier by the week. Jordan Whittington. Jeffrey McCullough, DeMarvion Overshone, all should play this weekend. Those are three big guys coming back. Chris Brown in the secondary, also expected to play with a cast. Colin Johnson, their star wide receiver, is questionable with the hamstring, but I think you're going to see him as well on Saturday up in Ames, knowing what's on the line there. Um, on top of this, you know, I, I wonder, and it's not that I'm questioning Matt Campbell, but with how many close games this team has lost, is the fight still there based on what the preseason expectations were? I, I think that it will be. It's a home game. It's Texas. But I, you know, I think it's a fair question to ask based on how many close games this team has lost and another one last week in Norman. On top of that, turnover margin. Uh, they're both middle of the pack. But here's the thing. Iowa State's fifth in turnover margin at minus one this season. And the 12 turnovers they've given up, that's the third most in the Big 12. That's tied for the third most in the Big 12. That is very un-Matt Campbell-like. On top of that, this Texas team is the best in the Big 12 at third down conversions. They're going up against an Iowa State team that surprisingly, I was surprised to see this, is the second worst defense in uh, in the Big 12 against third downs. I mean, that's, that's a little tidbit for you that is probably surprising even Iowa State fans. That can play a role and a difference in this game. So I know Texas is on the road, but man, a six-and-a-half-point dog with everything going on with this team getting healthier, uh, playing better, playing for a Big 12 championship appearance, it's too many points. Give me Texas plus the six and a half in this game on Saturday up in Ames. And last but not least, your primetime matchup, OU at Baylor. Baylor's a 10-point dog in this game. For OU, Trey Sermon and Kenneth Nan are out for the season. That was announced this week. Two big losses. John Michael Terry, done for the season. And he's been huge. He's been a huge loss for this defense. I mentioned it earlier. They're having a tough time uh, setting the edge against the run, and, and without him, the defense has not looked as good as it did earlier in the year. Grant Calcaterra, stud tight end, not playing on Saturday. Meantime, uh, when you look at Big 12 play, this is just conference play, turnover margin. Baylor's plus six. That's second in the Big 12. They've got nine interceptions. That's second most in the conference. OU is minus seven in turnover margin in conference play. That's dead last Yes, behind everybody in the conference. And they forced one, yep, one turnover. One turnover in Big 12 play. The OU defense is forced. 
You look at Baylor, the number one pass defense in terms of efficiency in the conference. They got the second best rush defense in the conference and the top scoring defense in the conference. And Jalen Hurts is good, but he's not Baker Mayfield. And I'm sorry, he's also not Kyler Murray. All right. I mean, he's a feels like to me a running back who can throw the ball really far, who's playing quarterback. And he's not progressing. He's made some really bad decisions. That final interception against Iowa State last week was absolutely terrible. So, you know, I I just wonder what the deal is right now uh, with this team. They can win this game. But Baylor as a double-digit dog with the best defense in the conference at home with college game day there? I mean, give me that. Give me the Bears plus 10 points in this game at home against Oklahoma on Saturday night. So run it down again. I've got Texas Tech plus three against TCU, KU plus 18 at Oklahoma State, Kansas State minus 14 against West Virginia, Texas plus six and a half at Iowa State, and Baylor plus 10 at home against Oklahoma. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Enjoy the games, guys. We'll talk with you on Sunday for the recap podcast, and please leave that rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. When you do that, uh, just send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you Sunday.